So, let's see, it's April 3rd, Correct. is that right? 20, 2017, and I am here interviewing Cheryl Thompson. Is that right? Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> um, can you tell me, start off by telling me a little bit about yourself as a teacher, um, how long you've been teaching, and uh, a little bit about your history as a teacher? Okay. Um, currently, I'm going on my 15th year with Richmond City Schools as an early childhood special education teacher. Previously, before that, I um, taught and worked in a Head Start as well as a daycare center director before I had my children. And then I took a little hiatus. But my first love is little children, so okay. I came back to that. Um, as I said, my favorite thing is teaching little children because you get them in the very beginning and you want them to love learning and that's what I like doing. I also like um, the parent aspect, talking to the parents, convincing the parents that communication and education is important. Okay, great, great. Um, and you've always been in preschool then? Correct. Yeah, okay, Correct. that's that's great. You never thought about moving to elementary? No, I do volunteer work with scouts and Sunday school, so mm -hmm. I use older children with that. Okay, great, great. Can you describe uh, your school to me? I can. Um, our school is what Richmond considers one of our preschool super centers. Mm -hmm. It has um, this building, and Blackwell Preschool has 20 classes. Um, they make up of early childhood special education classes. We have VPI, Virginia Preschool Initiative, which is state supported, and then Head Start, which is federally funded. Um, and we do have two inclusion classes, one of which I'm a part of. So it's um, mm -hmm. a blended class of children with needs and children with high risk, as well as children who would be great peer models. Okay, great, great. So. Getting to your action research project, um, can you tell me a little bit of the history behind it? Like what were some of the ideas you were having that led you to um, explore the topic you did? Oh yeah. Um, this school here is an inner city school where I considered high risk. Most of the children are getting some type of state or federal assistance. Um, and we're trying to um, teach the children um, so that they get a, a more or less a early head start and prepared for kindergarten skills. We found that part of a, a child's day here is um, they have a time that we call it unstructured time mm -hmm. where it's a learning center. We set up centers but we keep them open-ended where they can learn different things about science, about interacting with each other, sharing, making things, being creative. So we do have materials like blocks and table blocks, puzzles, um, big blocks, and the material they're allowed to use open-ended. I found a lot of times that, especially the little boys, they are always making guns. Mm -hmm. um, they, it, they can take a straw, they can take a stick, and you always see the little boy making that little sign like he's doing making a gun. Or you'll see the roughhouse karate kicking type of behavior. I became concerned about it because of the <clears throat> rate of suspensions. Just alone in the year of the 2013-14 year, there were 6,743 children who were enrolled in public schools pre-K programs and they were suspended. 
and that really concerned me, especially because of the amount of them. Where three out of three out of four of them were young little boys. You see on TV all the time um, children being suspended because schools have the zero tolerance um, for making a pretend gun. Just the other day there was something where a little girl was suspended in another state because she said she was going to shoot someone and she had her hand like this. When she was a three or four year old, um, at that age they don't really realize that death really what guns can really do and that you don't necessarily come back to life. Part of the other problem is that children at this age play is their job. They think that um, this is how they work out things they see on TV, things they hear, things in life. Since in the 80s when the media was deregulated and they started having um, things like um, Ninja Turtles on TV and things like, I'm trying to think of another program, anyway the the cartoons, even Star Wars, is allowed, children are allowed to, um, it's allowed to be displayed like the guns and labor, lasers, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. on the children's clothes. So children don't really understand that these lasers and what they see, like with the um, Power Rangers, when they see this type of violence, it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times teachers um, are aware, as a preschool teacher, we say, okay, this child will probably get suspended eventually if it keeps this up. What do I do about it? Do I, do I tell them don't do it? Do I um, let them act it out because children like to play, right. dramatic play? What do I do as a teacher? That all children are also exposed to it because of the movies that they may, may or not see, the action figures, that even the movie Toy Story had the guns, the army men in there. Mm -hmm. Children may, unfortunately, some of the children that we teach here are exposed to the uh, violence in their neighborhoods. They, um, they live in places where they, they may see this type of violence or hear that kind of violence. Um, between that and um, Black Lives Matter, these are all the things that little children hear about, but they don't necessarily understand. Right. So as a teacher, we, we say, do we explain it? Do we leave it to the parents? Do we punish them and make it or make it very considered negative if they even use their creative abilities to create a gun or do we try to find a way that's developmentally appropriate to get them to have some empathy and understand the repercussions and realize that there is another way to solve my problem besides the violence. Right, right. It's a complicated issue. It really is. Yeah. And so what were you what were you hoping to learn through your project? What was the sort of the question that you were asking? Well, my question was, we don't really have a curriculum. There's nothing really to, or any resources to really tell us what to do when mm -hmm. it comes to this. We have lots of resources as far as math and literacy and all the core subjects. But what do we do um, when a child does these type of things? So my question was, um, my first question well, my original question mm -hmm. was um, how should teachers address the gun making and pretend violent play in a positive way that it's going to allow the child to explore the world of play but also become a, more or less aware of violence and nonviolence and play in a safe way. And I wanted to just find that happy medium where children wouldn't be penalized or afraid to be themselves. So I did start doing my research and I found out this, this dilemma has perplexed teachers ever since the 80s. There's a lot of writing out there about it. Even Lillian Katz, who is considered one of our great authorities for early preschool, she even said that um, there's a lot of variables to take in. 
but mm -hmm. with wars, we, we also have children, and just in Richmond alone, we have children who are coming back from countries that are war and torn who have experienced some things. That's right. And um, we have to take all this in mind when we see the child play. Yeah. So I, I wanted to find out um, what can I do? Where are the resources? Um, what are other teachers doing? Yeah. So after doing that, I, I wanted to ask other teachers how they, what were they doing? And so my next question um, was, um, what exactly what are teachers doing? So I did a survey to find out how teachers were addressing the problem. Mm -hmm. I found out that over 80% of the teachers found it really they were concerned about this type of play. Uh, some, a few of them had rules in place. A lot of a lot of teachers just said they they redirect them and say don't do that, don't do that. But mm -hmm. there is no dialogue. So what and the teachers were finding that even though they told Johnny or Susan not to make make a gun or don't or don't do guns with the blocks um, they would still do it and the teacher would say um, what are you doing and they'd say I'm making um, a tower mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, when it wasn't really so it was causing the child to to start telling stories to the teacher mm -hmm. so that was a bad thing right there too after the survey I wanted to see if if we could reflect as a group and mm -hmm. share strategies. My first two workshops or professional developments was after school on a Thursday. So I didn't think the teachers would be engaged, but they were extremely engaged. They were mm -hmm. um, extremely concerned. They listened to each other. They came up with um, some solutions of what they did. I also realized that a lot of our teachers were not bothering to, um, or because they were so busy, we, they didn't bother to think about where the children were coming from as far as um, what crimes were in the area, what was exactly happening, why was, they didn't talk to the child and say, um, you know, why, why are you shooting Johnny on the ground? Why did you handcuff Johnny? There wasn't any discussion. So teachers realized that they needed to stop and observe more. Mm -hmm. uh, and the teachers really had a chance to just sit not only in self-reflect, but they reflected with others on our practice of how we deal with gun playing mm -hmm. or violent play. And so you, you were doing, you also were collecting data, like observational data from your students, right? You were watching them Correct. and trying to learn from what you could about the nature of the play. Correct. Is that right? I, I did. I found that most of the time it was a very short little script that the, the children would do and it's usually um, imitating. A lot of times it was imitating either a video game mm -hmm. or some type of game that they, um, a, a portion of a little drama from a cartoon usually. Mm -hmm. um, and it was the violent cartoons like the Power Rangers or uh, even the Return of Jedi. It was usually the laser attack type of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, But they never, or little incidents they'd see where they gathered up some people and they would shoot them. Mm -hmm. uh, I did see one like that one time. And then upon asking about it, what I found out was that you can actually take a child and say, well, is there a better way? Is there a better way? Uh, you know, he's hurt. Should we take him to the doctor? Someone shot him. But the children never reacted that part out. So after the teacher observed and, excuse me, <clears throat> after the teacher observed and added that part, the script changed mm -hmm. as far as the children. So, so the idea of like changing the script, that was um, something that emerged out of your observations about the, the nature of the play? Correct. Okay. Okay. And so you would you would watch, and then you would step up to them and 
and ask them, um, ask them those next questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how did the students take it? For the most part, they added that to the play the next day. So they extended their script, but it mm -hmm. wasn't um, as violent. Right. Good, good. The other children um, tended to run away so yeah. that they could play their way. Yeah, right, right. So I, it was like, um, can I interact here or can I not? So I had to really observe it first. So when you were presenting to the teachers then, um, were you presenting some of what you learned from the observations of students and some of the readings that you'd done? Is that right? Correct. Okay. Um, two of the readings that were really great, after showing them, I gave them the results of the survey and we talked about it as groups, in small groups they talked and came together and thought about what was important to them, why, yeah. why they were doing that. After that, we, we also talked about different ways that we can uh, work with the children to show empathy. They came up with so many ideas. A lot of them admitted that they hadn't even thought about it. You know, that's just not important because Johnny needs to know his sounds. Johnny needs to know his numbers, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Do you feel like your, your work with the teachers has, has changed some of the conversation at the school? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I did a post-survey. I also did two more workshops that were, mm -hmm. um, each of those workshops had over 20 teachers in. And they were kindergarten teachers too. And afterwards, I have never, this is the only, the first time that doing workshops, people came back to me and said, you know, I had never thought about that. I hadn't thought about the culture that I'm teaching. Um, I hadn't thought about why he's playing those games, you know, and what I can do. Mm -hmm. um, the teachers also expressed an interest in uh, coming together, which is my, the next part of my cycle I'm working on, and taking some books, that, some literature uh, that we can read to the children, mm -hmm. that we can incorporate that in their play, in their dramatic play, and kind of replace some of the cartoons and violence they see. Okay. With a po more positive solution. Right, so the idea is to take, so, they, so their play is based on certain types of stories from video games and TV, and so you're going to just try part. to bring some new stories into the play? Showing empathy, showing mm -hmm. that there's, there's something else we can do beside the shooting, the guns, the karate kicking, the roughhousing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then you're going to, teachers are going to work on that together and integrate it into classrooms? We, ha I have a few teachers who volunteered to, mm -hmm. to work, and I've, I took one book, um, Nana in the City, and I made some activities to go with it. So we're, we're piloting that to see. I've piloted in my own class to see if I see a difference in, in having that open discussion because mm -hmm. we don't have anything that helps us really have that open discussion with children. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we'll create some resources of books that we can give to not only our teachers who are here, but new teachers who come in because a lot of our new teachers aren't aware of um, why these children might, why children in general might be playing with guns. Right, right, okay. Gun, gun, pretend gun making. I'm sorry, I needed to correct that. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Um, what would have been the biggest challenges while you've been doing this action research project? My biggest, um, I have two. Mm -hmm. One, my biggest one is trying to record children while they're playing because when they see you recording that type of play because it has such a negative connotation they tend to stop because mm -hmm. they're used to people telling them 
you know, stop playing that or redirecting them. Mm-hmm. So that was a challenge. Um, my second challenge, I'd say, was getting teachers to return surveys, ah. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I, they, they did come, like if I asked them when they would comment, but just, mm-hmm. and even though the surveys was electronic, I still had to, you know, send out reminders a few times. That's, that's a challenge for everybody. <laughs> yeah, survey response is hard. And so, I mean, I, I met you last summer at the workshop, and um, you know, this is a topic that you proposed back then, and you've carried it through. We're in April now. What would you say have been the most important things you've learned through this process? Like, how do you? What about your thinking on this topic has really significantly changed? I'm also a teacher mentor mm-hmm. for a lot of the new teachers that come in, and I find the importance of just making teachers aware of what's developmentally age-appropriate, the type of play that children exhibit Mm -hmm. at this age, and why play is important. I also think um, it's helped me to realize the importance of just looking up at the spot crime to see what's going on so that you know why children are exhibiting what they're exhibiting when they come in the door. And that you can make a difference in a child's play by really studying what they're playing and find out why they're playing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, good, good. Um, this is gonna change the way that you teach next year and beyond, or the way you think about your teaching? Definitely. It's convinced me that self-reflection outside of the core curriculum is extremely important. And it's also important for um, teachers as a whole to find a way to reflect together on things that aren't part of the core curriculum mm-hmm. to solve the problems because a lot of the problems, like the problem pretend gun making has been going on since the 80s, mm-hmm. but yet they, we couldn't, we, I had the worst time trying to find out how do you tackle it. Mm-hmm. And this, this project gave you a space to do that? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Good, good. And what are, um, what are your plans with your project um, beyond this course you've, you've I mean you've already done a lot you've been presenting to your school and also citywide right correct yeah. I had two of my workshops with citywide that's great that's great any other future plans for sharing your findings or sharing your, your project after I after I start developing a few more resources as far mm-hmm. as different books to use mm-hmm. I'd like to pilot it more with um, our center because we have 20 classes and then take it to to go hand in hand with um, workshops because a lot of the early childhood um, conferences now we're dealing with implicit bias mm. and we're also dealing with um, violence, um, social behavior mm-hmm. with children. So this is an aspect of it to me. That is, so um, when teachers actually see this in the classroom, which they're guaranteed to see this in a classroom, how do you handle it? I think every teacher needs those type of resources. So I'd like to have um, the resources and the package to, get, to disseminate to, especially new teachers who are coming to the preschool age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah, I think I like the idea of having some uh, curriculum resources for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else you'd like to share about your project or um, thoughts you had? Let me see. I think that um, this will help as far as our, our suspending children Mm-hmm. I found that a lot of teachers said they are afraid because I one of the two of the workshops I did um, had kindergarten teachers in, yeah. and they were afraid um, 
because zero tolerance, tolerance um, policy was in effect in some aspects. They were afraid of even saying anything when a child had a water gun or, you know, did something that looked like a pretend gun. The mm -hmm. teacher was afraid, so they wouldn't report it necessarily because they figured the child would be suspended. Mm. And I think when people understand play, there'll be less suspension. And we need some policy and guidelines in place so that we don't, we're not suspending so, more, so many little preschoolers. Yeah. Or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, suspension in preschool is bad and then it goes on through the, through the grades, you know. Yeah. It's an issue that we're dealing with across the board. It is. And I, I'm yeah. seeing more and more articles about that. You know, yeah, right. Constantly. And then the other fear is that a lot of teachers have, including me, is that um, Johnny will not be under my care and Johnny will pick up a stick and someone will think it's a gun, which yeah. has happened in the past. Yeah. And so that's another thing that teachers worry about. And, you know, we want to prevent that. Right. Yeah, for sure. That's okay. Okay. Um, well, thank you so much. You're welcome. I really appreciate your time and all the work you're doing. It's good oh, stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs>